twowayradios.com, check, check. Bytwowayradios.com. Recorded almost live from Rock Hill, South Carolina. It's the Two Way Radio Show. Welcome to the Two-Way Radio Show. I'm Rick Savoya. I'm Danny Feimster. And I'm Anthony Roquet. And this is the podcast about two-way radios for business and consumer communications. Today we'll talk about using FRS radios for business applications. We'll discuss some common arenas in which FRS radios are used instead of business class radios for daily operations, the pros and cons of using FRS radios for a business, and how some radio manufacturers are responding to recent changes in the FCC rules to market FRS radios to businesses and organizations. We'll also give you an update on the status of the tariffs on Chinese transceivers and take some of your comments and questions from our blog and our forums at twowayradioforum.com. Our show is sponsored by BuyTwoWayRadios.com, the source of two-way radios and radio accessories for businesses and consumers since 2002. Enter the promo code SHOW at checkout and save an additional 5% off your order. BuyTwoWayRadios.com, your radio specialist. When the latest FCC ruling on the Part 95 reform went into effect, we speculated on the potential impact these changes could have on the two-way radio marketplace. While we expected the consumer market to benefit, we also believed the new rules would potentially impact the business radio market as well. Is our speculation becoming reality? Yeah, I think that we we definitely talked about this at the time the rules changed, and now we are starting to see some movement in the direction that we kind of predicted. Um, Now, FRS radios are legal for business use, Um, not I guess they don't specify in the rules that that, um, they're allowed for business, but it's not prohibited in any way, and you don't have to have a specific license, whereas previously you had to have a license that covered an individual and and their family members, so it would be cost prohibitive for a business to use GMRS radios legally. Now, um, FRS radios can be, they have power up to two watts, and they can can completely... um, be used without a problem. And the two watts is the real game changer to that. Previously, FRS had the same scenario. Business could have used FRS previously, but um, with two watts, that's much better than the previous half-watt limit. That really does change the game because a lot of business radios operate in that one to two-watt range. So that puts FRS radios right smack into that, that market. Yeah, that's right. There, there are some of the most popular business radios are only one watt. Mm-hmm. So having the ability to transmit it up to two watts, I mean, that's no longer a limiting factor for businesses using FRS radios. Okay, so uh, looking at all this, who do we expect will take advantage of FRS? I'm assuming that probably all the people who are already using FRS radios in their business uh, are, are just, it's just business as usual for them. Yeah, what we see uh, and what we've seen for years and years and years are um, businesses that are looking for low-priced radios or looking for convenient access to radios 
that are using FRS. Like they would go to their local Walmart or whatever and pick up a pack of radios there and they're going to be consumer grade FRS radios and that's what they would use. Um, well, why, you know, the, the question is, why do a lot of these businesses use FRS radios instead of business radios? And, the, and I think the primary factor is is the cost, the cost of everything, the cost of radios, cost of licensing. For a larger business, th- they can generally afford to go out and spend several hundred dollars on a uh, license for their own frequency, and they can go out and spend a couple hundred dollars or three hundred dollars or whatever for a radio for per radio to go out and do this. They have the budget for it, but we're talking about a lot of smaller organizations, a lot of mom and pop businesses. Um, they're kind of stuck. A lot of them just can't simply can't afford it, so they'll just go out and get. You know, they still need radio, so they'll just go out and get what they can. Right. To, to I, fill I think their a lot of it too is they, that they don't know. That there are better quality radios out there. They don't have. They don't know what to search for. They don't have access mm-hmm. to it. They just know they need to be able to communicate. And I've seen these radios in my local big box store, so uh, that's what I'm going to use. Um, we we see it all the time. Over the years, businesses have been using these radios for a long time. And normally, what we see is they're unhappy with these radios and they're calling us looking for an alternative because consumer grade radios are really not built to be used eight hours a day, five days a week. At least up until now. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Now, what we're going to talk about in a moment, um, that's starting to change. Yeah. So who basically, who do we basically expect to take advantage of these FRS radios? Uh, Local mom and pop businesses, some churches, a lot of nonprofits, I I would imagine. Yeah, um, it's, it's small businesses is yeah. really what what I see. What do you think, Anthony? I agree. I think uh, nonprofits are are big user of, of of FRS because, I mean, the name says it all. Nonprofit they usually have very limited funds, um, and can't justify, you know, whatever their organization is. They can't justify spending that money on, you know. business grade radios plus buying the license and and things like that they've got you know they just don't have it in their budget um exactly but you know people that need limited range you know a a 300,000 square foot warehouse uh, you know one of these frs radios is probably not going to cut it Uh, you need something of more power and um and and more durability i mean there's definitely going to be some some businesses that can take advantage of it Something else is yeah. uh, some businesses that start out with these radios kind of box themselves into a corner because business radios are not compatible with FRS, GMRS radios. So see that all the time. If mm-hmm. you've got 30, 40, 50 GMRS radios or FRS radios that you've been using for a business and you want to move to a better quality business radio, you've got to replace every single radio at one time because of the incompatibility. Yeah, we're going to talk about some of the pros and cons of using FRS radios in a moment, but um, do we expect maybe some other businesses that really didn't consider FRS radios to move into to buying FRS radios in the future uh, because of this? Kind of a, kind of up in the air, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's. It, I, I think there's there's going to be. Uh, you'll probably see, and I think we'll see an increase of people that that uh, um, we'll be buying some of these newer where the rules have changed and the radios are a little bit more powerful and they can get away with um, with doing it. I mean, I, 
I go to places all the time where there's people still not using radios, and it just blows mm-hmm. me away that knowing the efficiency that a two-way radio brings to running a business and keeping the, everything smooth, um, I think you're going to see a lot more people that are going to be able to justify buying buying these radios and going, you know what, let's let's just let's bite the bullet and buy them. I I agree. Look, case in point, I have stayed in hotels where they're using FRS radios, and that's what they're using. Now, they're not large hotels, smaller places, and I'm not talking about motels and smaller hotels, um, but they, you know, in talking to them, they get enough coverage, enough range on those radios to, to pretty much take care of their their general area, and uh, that's kind of what they stick with. And, and I think some of these places do it for a couple of reasons. One, because, you know, sometimes corporate doesn't dictate to them what to use for radios, but they really need them. So uh, since corporate doesn't have a plan for communications within the the the, um, the facility, then they kind of go out and get their own to, to fulfill that immediate need. Um, also, my kids, when they went to a charter school, and that's another thing, charter schools oftentimes are really on tight budgets. And I know ours was uh, and when my kids were going to the charter school I would see them I would go in there and see them using Motorola MH230 radios they had them all over the school mm-hmm. and then use them for the car lines and for security and for calling people from classrooms back and forth that sort of thing and that's what they stuck with and the reason they did it was just the economy of scale that you know, they were a small school. They didn't really need more, but they definitely did not have the budget to go with a full business radio. Yeah, and they're getting those probably a two pack for thirty nine, forty nine dollars. Exactly and, uh, fits the budget. Exactly. And plus, they they're using a lot of them, so replacing them all with business radios would would be expensive. And it's not just the charter schools. I've uh, been to public schools where they're using them as well, and in the car lines and that sort of thing. So. It really is an economy of scale, I think, for, for FRS radios. Um, having said that, we do need to consider the pros and cons of using FRS radios for businesses and organizations because it, it, really, it really does affect the overall operation over a given time for several reasons. Uh, some of the pros... Of course, they're inexpensive, as we mentioned already, license-free. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's really no barrier to entry uh, for these radios, so anybody can pretty much pick them up and use them. And 2 watts is generally going to be plenty of power for, for many of these small operations. But some of the cons, let's talk about some of the cons of these. Okay, let's do it. Um, historically, I guess... We need to talk about cons in a historic way, and then mm-hmm. we're going to talk about some of the new products that are coming out soon, which address some of the the historic cons yeah. of uh, these radios. So, historically, they've they've had problems in their design for businesses. They they were kind of meant for you know a camping trip, using radios for a few hours at a time, putting them back on the charger. Usually, eight to ten hours a day, which is what a business would need, was really pushing the battery, and after even if it worked for that amount of time, it wouldn't work for long on a, a battery for that amount of time. So um, that's the biggest complaint that we've seen. But some of the other factors that I guess a lot of them don't think of 
interference. Interference. These are, are frequencies that are uh, very widely used. They're, they're open. Ten, they're open. They're, they're in- open communication. So if, if you're out there, at, say, in a school environment or something, or if you're running a proprietary business, everything that, that you're communicating back and forth across your, your operation can potentially be picked up by anyone else. Well, that's the case for bus- a lot of business frequencies as well, though. I mean, in, unless mm-hmm. you're encrypting with digital, which very few people are, I think that the open communications issue is that anyone has access to these frequencies. Mm-hmm. You're not licensed to use them. So if your business, if it's critical that you use radios and successfully for your business to run, and you're you, depending on frequencies that are shared, which these FRS frequencies are, then you know somebody can set up a camper outside and screw up your whole radio operation for for days. Or the next the store next door could buy the same radios as you, and you've got problems. But that's the keyword right there, mm-hmm. and, and encrypted. Um, FRS radios are not allowed to do FRS encryption, mm-hmm. and business radios can do that. You know, that's a huge advantage that those business radios have, uh, that you can secure those communications somewhat. Well, you can't really do it at all over FRS. You do have that ability with, with business radios, for sure. Yeah, and I would say that's an advantage. If, if security is important, you definitely shouldn't use FRS radios. Another issue has to do with, uh, with scalability. Um, as your business grows or as your organization grows, with a business radio, you can add a repeater and, and extend that reach. Uh, with FRS radios, you can't. Yeah. You're, you're, you're pretty much locked in to, to your little area, your little domain, wherever you are with an FRS radio. That's right. And the nice thing is you haven't probably put a lot of money into your radio fleet if you're using FRS radios, but you would have to throw away all those radios to address your range problem if you needed to go to a repeater system. Whereas with a business radio, if you'd bought the right radio to begin with, you could just get the repeater, reprogram the radios, and um, all you'd have to buy is the repeater. Mm-hmm. Um, generally, the durability has been an issue, too, with consumer-grade radios. They're, they are low-priced, and they're kind of built to that quality level. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of... the phrase you get what you pay for kind of um, comes into play. However, uh, this is about to change because a lot of the manufacturers, and we did predict this, we, we did speculate, I should say, we speculated on this when we were first uh, discussing the changes to the Part 95 rules, that manufacturers would jump on board this and start offering FRS radios to businesses, start marketing them to businesses because they knew the market was there. Mm-hmm. And now they can really take advantage of it. And that's what we're seeing now. This is actually happening now. Yeah, uh, Cobra has announced a line of business FRS radios. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got a Pro Series that's going to have um, several models that look like um, basically like their existing FRS radios that have been rebranded uh, as Pro. And uh, some nice features added, like the the Bluetooth and um, yeah, there's a, a PR five sixty one BLT and a PR five sixty two BLT. Now the only difference is one is a two pack and one is a single pack, but these are uh, radios that look like their existing FRS models, 
but they've added Bluetooth and they're calling it Pro, uh, part of the Pro series, and is being marketed to businesses. Now, the interesting thing about this is that they're really not um, pricing it so much for businesses because it's pretty much priced competitively as a uh, as a regular FRS radio for the most part. Yeah, th- this one is uh, I don't have the price in front of me, but it's. Um, well, let's see. the The PR five sixty one BLT is forty nine ninety nine, and the PR five sixty two BLT is ninety nine ninety nine. Okay, so a hundred bucks for a pair, and keep in mind this is a higher end radio because it has Bluetooth capability. Mm-hmm. One of the only FRS radios with that feature. So um, so far, <laughs> yeah, and that's not a bad price. And targeting businesses, I think that they will. Um, They'll get some takers for this. But more excitingly, upcoming is the PX series. This is a series of radios that's going to be available around August, uh, the PX500 and the PX880. And uh, here they've addressed some of the durability issues that you see in FRS radios, and they've upped the battery life. So it still uses FRS frequencies, but a lot of the features that these radios have are what you would normally see in a business radio, and they're being marketed to businesses. And oh, this is clearly small, lightweight. Oh, yeah, this this yeah, is, they're going after bis- the business radio market with these. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, looking at these radio uh, at spec sheets for these radios, the PX five hundred is a, a basic radio. They're advertising as uh, two hundred fifty thousand square feet, twenty floor range. Vox, hands-free use, 12 hours of battery life, and it comes with a 360-degree swivel holster and a fast charger capable of charging the radio in four and a half hours. The PX880 is a step up. The the range moves up to 300,000 square feet and 25 floors. Um, It adds vibrate alert and 18 hours of talk time. Mm So the uh, PX500 is a 1-watt radio. The PX880 is 1.8 watts is what it's rated at. That's just under 2 watts. So that's going to provide quite a bit of coverage. And they're sold in packs of two, correct? That's, that's right, isn't it? They're sold yeah, in they, packs of two. I think they are. To where most of your well, all your business-grade radios are sold as singles. The PX500 and the PX880s are sold in pairs. And uh, do you have the prices handy on these, Rick? I don't have those. um... Okay. Okay. The price uh, on these new Cobra radios are $79.99 for the PX500 and $99.99 for the PX880. So even with the drawbacks of using the FRS frequencies, this is going to cause... Cause some interest, cause some stirs in the industry. I would say these are going to be these are going to be game changers for sure. But you know, I also think that this is just the beginning. We're we're just seeing the surface of what's to come, because I think once this starts happening, all the manufacturers are going to be jumping on board this. Because I, I know there are manufacturers that have been wanting to get into the business radio game and really compete heavily in that arena that just haven't done it in the past and uh, I mean I could see I could see some other 
companies moving in on this quickly? It's going to be interesting for sure because especially for the business radio manufacturers, they're kind of seeing it on all sides now because they've got competition from the Chinese vendors and now they're going to have competition from the historically consumer radio market. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's going to get interesting for now, sure. Having said that, on the Chinese end, uh, there has been some pushback from some of these manufacturers uh, um, talking to the FCC about maybe trying to to put some controls in place on on some of these uh, Chinese radios coming through the market that that are that really don't have any official part 90 type acceptance on them and yet they're being sold and a lot of businesses are picking them up and using them I won't mention any names of any particular models but I think we're that's not right we talking did about. see yes. you found something that was submitted to the FCC a complaint uh, from one of the manufacturers, I can't remember who it was at the moment, about some of those Chinese mm-hmm. radios. Now, keep in mind, it's not a lot of these Chinese radios are not type accepted for Part 90 use by the FCC. <coughs> so, if you go to Amazon and look at some of those radios that are selling for business, they they don't have the certification to be used for business because the FCC stopped certifying 12 and a half kilohertz analog radios a few years ago and uh, they're being sold anyway and i know some of the manufacturers feel like their hands tied because they're not going to put out a competing radio that can't get approved and mm-hmm. but there's other radios are still being sold so it's kind of a sticky situation well it's not just the the business uh, arena that's that's concerned about this um, you know, some of these radios are being used and programmed for FRS and GMRS and MERS, and and they're not, they're certainly not type accepted for those uh, services either. So that that's another cause for concern. But uh, they're they're popular because they're so inexpensive. That's right. But unfortunately, it it creates an unlevel playing field because mm-hmm. there there's rules that some manufacturers are willing to follow and others don't seem concerned about mm-hmm. but anyway and not to get distracted there there's one more cobra product that we need to talk about and this is an interesting um twist on a radio i'd say this is something cobra's calling a chat tag um they have a two-pack of radios doesn't look like a traditional radio at all what we have here is maybe a two and a half three inch wide circle or circle front flat on the back with a a clip it looks sort of like a speaker mic it does it looks just like that but the entire radio is built into this this single unit so you don't have a radio and a speaker mic you just have this speaker basically Mm -hmm. that clips onto your your shirt or you know whatever and um you can pretty much clip it anywhere and and it's um uh, very, very accessible. I thought it was a mini Bluetooth speaker when I first saw it. The little, like you would take to the beach or something or lay on your desk and stream music to. That's what I thought it was when it was laying here. And then when he was talking about it's a radio. Well, your was, eyes lit up when you picked that up because you thought, wow, this is pretty it's, cool. It's and, pretty, and it is. It's, it's pretty, you know, is it going to be for everybody? No, but I can see a lot of... Um, 
I could see a lot of uses for it for sure. Mm-hmm. Now the the picture on the box it shows you know people just using it I guess for for jogging and things like that, but um, I, you know I see a lot of uses potential business uses for these radios and they are kind of marketing to both consumers and small businesses. You know I could see I could see a restaurant server walking up with one of these things on her her shoulder on on. Uh, on, on his, front on his or her shoulder. Oh, excuse Come me. Come on now. On his or her. Yeah, I got Come it. Come on. It's 2018. <laughs> You're right. I think the problem with that <laughs> is going to be that it's you'd have to, in a lot of business situations where you're dealing with customers, you're going to need an earpiece anyway with this mm-hmm. because you right. don't want just anything coming over the radio to be heard by customers. So you're still going to need an earpiece, and if you need an earpiece, why not use a regular radio? That said, there are going to be uses for this. Mm-hmm. Now there is a white version that's coming out, right? Um, that's going to be available soon. Yeah, it's available only in black at the moment. What's the price on this? Anybody? Have it's forty nine ninety nine for the pair. Forty nine ninety nine for two. Mm-hmm. It's a good deal. Yeah, it's it's. I, I was really excited when I saw that, and I played around. With it. Anthony and I were both playing around with it for a while, and the range is not bad. Isn't that the one you took out uh, to warehouse once? Yeah, I went out in the warehouse with it. I mean, it's. You know, the sound, it wasn't as loud as I would like it. Um, maybe it's just my old ears not working as well as they used to. I mean, it's, it's equivalent to a consumer-grade GMRS, FRS radio. Um, but, mm-hmm. I mean, in our 20,000-square-foot building, it worked, uh, you know, worked really well. It did. And um, I, w- I, was Im- I was impressed with the potential uh, for this. Yeah, definitely. So, but that's that's where we are right now as far as FRS radios for business. I think this is just, as I said earlier, I think this is just scratching the surface. It's just the beginning, and I see this could potentially really be be a big big thing for for uh, the business market going forward. Well, uh, we got a couple of other. Uh, things we've got an update on the Chinese tariffs. Uh, of course, uh, not much report. I think everybody's probably heard it. Uh, you know, we've um, we've ar- uh, already kicked in 34 billion in tariffs. Uh, that's now in effect, and uh, the China's retaliated with uh, 34 billion of their own tariffs on American goods uh, going out to them. So. Um, right now, it looks like the, this trade war. Uh, well, I don't want to call it trade war yet, but it looks like this everyone else skirmish. Is. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I guess it's it's gearing up to be a trade war. Let's hope that uh, that this can be can be um, de-escalated. And transceivers are on this list of the you know, round one thirty-four billion. So, so let's, yeah, we'll, we don't we'll know what's going to happen yet, but we'll we're keep we'll keep our eyes open. Um, now, I mentioned in a previous episode that we're trying to get uh, Chuck Geisey uh, from National Communications Magazine on the show to talk about some of the, um, uh, you know, some of the uh, topics that we discussed earlier regarding FRS, GMRS, things like that. And uh, we're, we're working on that, so we're hoping here uh, very soon in uh, the near future we can have him on and we can have a really nice discussion about it. Also, um, the latest issue of the National Communications Magazine is out, and they have some pretty good articles in here. The July-August 2018 issue, they have an interesting article on uh, repeaters covering 
pretty much how VHF and UHF repeaters work. And I think this is a pretty good article that, that kind of gives you a, uh, an overview of repeater functionality, I think. And we covered that in, in a previous episode of the two-way radio show. But I think this is also a good, uh, this is also a good supplementary article to, to cover. Um, if you don't know about National Communications Magazine, uh, you can subscribe to this. It's $25 a year to subscribe to uh, the magazine. It's uh, really aimed at, at uh, scanner owners and FRS, GMRS radios and CBers and uh, that sort of thing. There's a lot of good information in it, so it's, it's worth checking out. Uh, but that's what I, I have there. And uh, that brings us to our Q&A. We have some comments and questions from our blog and our forum at twowayradioforum.com. Our first one comes from Donald. And uh, he he's asking a question about Part 95 reform. He says, does this rule change alter the fixed antenna requirement for FRS radios. The original FRS definition does not allow anything other than a fixed antenna mounted to the radio. I currently use Terra TR505 radios, which are certified under parts 95A and J for GMRS and MERS. It doesn't appear that if I reduce the power below 2 watts that I will be able to program this radio to operate as an FRS unit because it has a detachable antenna. And that's from Donald. That is still the case. A fixed antenna is required with FRS. Yeah, they definitely did retain that rule. So, um, If you get your GMRS license, though, GMRS is still around and still uses the same frequencies, so you could get license for GMRS and use the radio that you're looking at um, if it's yeah. Part 95 type accepted. Yeah, that's, that's true. Um, the next one comes from Joe Henty. He says, uh, so I'm a complete noob when it comes to two-way radios. We were planning a road trip with seven cars, and half of them have DTR-550 radios, and the rest of us have regular Amazon Motorola radios. Can they work on the same channel? And that's from Joe Henty. I'm assuming that uh, when he says regular Amazon radios... Uh, yeah, regular Amazon Motorola doesn't really... Probably isn't really specific, but he's probably talking about FRS radios, I imagine. Yeah, that was my that was my assumption. And no, the, the DTR-550 uses 900 megahertz frequencies, and it uses a, a different type of technology, definitely not compatible with, with anything you would call regular. Mm-hmm. And our last one here uh, is from Eric. He wants to know, um, he's actually, he actually watched our video uh, Radio 101, how to activate repeater channels on Motorola Talkabouts that we did some time back. He wants to know, how do you contact the owner of a repeater? And that's from Eric. Well, that's a lot a of time. Yeah, it is a good question because um, that's the right thing to do, first off. Mm-hmm. Don't just uh, – it's it's public info. So I think it, the website used to be mygmrs.net or dot, dot .com. Yeah, dot still, com. still there. Yeah. My, um and you basically you'll search by, um, you know, anything that's in the FCC database is public info. So these, these folks just break it down for the GMRS side. But that'll usually have the owner's contact info, name and contact info. And um, that, that'll that be the easiest way to do it. 
That is really the easiest way to do it. Um, you'll probably have to, uh, in order to see the information, you'll probably have to create an account and log in to right. see it. But, right. um, but yeah, uh, yeah, you're right, Anthony. That's uh, probably that. I would say that is the easiest way to go, quickest. Well, that does it for our comments and questions this week. Send in your comments and questions for Danny, Anthony, or myself to show at buy2wayradios.com. If you want to know more about today's topic or about two-way radios in general, check out our forum discussions at twowayradioforum.com. You can subscribe to the two-way radio show directly from our website at twowayradioshow.com or hear it on iTunes, blueberry.com, Google Podcasts, or Stitcher Radio. Uh, I guess it does it for our show um, this week. Uh, before we go, any other final comments? I don't think so. Nope. All right. Well, today's show is sponsored by BuyTwoWayRadios.com. Whether you're searching for two-way radios for general consumer or business use, BuyTwoWay Radios can help you find the best solution for your needs. Enter the promo code SHOW at checkout and save an additional 5% off your order. Give us a call at 1-800-584-1445 or enter our live chat at BuyTwoWayRadios.com. Well, everyone, as always, thanks for listening. And until next time, for the Two-Way Radio Show, I'm Rick Savoy. I'm Danny Feimster. And I'm Anthony Roquet. And we're out.